Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. What is up? Welcome back to the first episode of 2023 Tomahawked. We're back. The Braves podcast on the Drinking Bros Network is back. My name is Rob Fox, joined as always by fellow Braves fan Dan Holloway. And uh, we have a special guest today. Yeah, we who is have, not one of our people. No, well, I mean, I don't know what you mean by that. One of our people. He's not a Braves fan. He's, yeah. a, he's a Phillies fan from Delco. We have another Delco guy here, which is uh, we. So we get full disclosure. We get a tax credit for allowing retards on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a crayon. He's a Marine as well. So we've got crayon eating. We've got two Delco guys. Yeah, they should. The IRS should be paying us at this point. I agree. Before the show, they were talking about which Wendy's dumpsters they preferred to hang <laughs> <Yeah>. out in. <laughs> Back home. Hey, where did you get mouth cancer? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Atlanta's no better. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a pretty good season for both of these clubs. I still think uh, we talked about it a lot going into last season, but the NL East is still, by a pretty wide margin, the best division in baseball, I think. I would agree. By the way, our guest is Ryan Spader. Uh, I, think, I don't think I got the name out. Ryan Spader, who's a Major League Baseball analyst, um, podcast host, author yeah. of Incredible Baseball Stats, <laughs> all that fun stuff. He's a good Twitter follow because he come he just pulls random – He's like the announcer for the uh, for the Twins at Little Big League, where he just pulls random stats out of his ass all the time, but they're super specific. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. So, yeah, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, anytime. Uh, great. It's, it's nice um, to have another. I beer. guess that's what you meant by special guest. Huh? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we got to say that for legal reasons. You know, it's like the FDA warning or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. This is obviously a Braves show, but we brought on a Phillies fan because I don't respect the Mets. I don't think they're going to be good. No. I think they'll probably win 85, 90 games and they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Um, I think they have a really, really high ceiling, but they they have more ifs than maybe anyone in baseball uh, or in the National League other than mm -hmm. the Dodgers, I, I guess you could say. It's, uh, I always say the Mets are going to met, you know, it's, it's like the Knicks, You, you just, Come on, man! I don't. This isn't a serious baseball team. It's cursed. Yeah, it is. It's definitely cursed. I, the, I, I was gonna say, how do you guys look at it from a Philadelphia perspective? Because the Braves fans love to shit on them. Uh, we're typically though that goes back to the '90s, really. Yeah, with Chipper and, and yeah, with at, Chip, yeah, yelling Larry at him and shit. Yeah, yeah, but the but the Braves and the and the, and the Mets, it's more of a. I guess we're relative newcomers to the division, but a big brother, little brother thing because mm. we'd won so many division titles. But the Phillies and Mets is a more ancient hatred. I feel like. So uh, I'm I'm inclined to agree that you know Phillies and Mets are just like they don't mix. It's like uh, oil and water. But the um, when it comes to and, and it pains me to say this as a Phillies fan, but I, I do think the Braves have one of the best teams in baseball. I think that they will win the division. Um, I do think the Phillies will finish second and get a wild card. I think the Mets will also get a wild card spot. But I do think the Mets will be seriously disappointing for Mets fans um, because they're going to get bounced in that uh, wild card series. And um, given that this is a Brave show, uh, I'd be remiss if I did not bring up uh, one quick point. Um, Paul Bird is a, a dear friend of mine. And he's taken the season off to take care of his wife, who's uh, ailing. And um, 
you know, it, it just if you're of the, I don't know, praying type or, you know, the thoughts kind of person, definitely send them to Kim Bird's way. Uh, an awesome human being. Um, Paul, freaking great. I mean, obviously you watch him. High energy type dude on the uh, on the air. Really just, uh, enjoyable. Just great guy. stuff coming from it's it's the Braves yeah. broadcast taking quite a hit this year. Yeah, I mean, I hate missing. Uh, I hate losing Chip. I'm glad that uh, uh, Frank Hoare is going to be back for yes. more of a regular role. I really like his analysis, um, and I enjoyed Paul Bird at, down in the stands. I don't know who they're going to. Is it just Kelly that they're going to rock down in the stands, or is there another player? They might add. There? I don't know if they'll add another player because Jordan's gone too. Yeah, Brian Jordan's gone. Frank Hoare's back. Glavin's back, but only for like. 30 games yeah it's in between his golf schedule basically yeah, yeah. he's just like i he, he has something with the irs where i think he needs to maintain like a little bit of employment mm. that's, um, that sounds about right yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not he's not full kurt Schilling or anything but he's, no. there's always going to be problems yeah it's uh we we've got a good team the new guy just sounds so generic to be honest the what the new oh annou- yeah, broadcast, yeah, yeah our announcer he just sounds like every other announcer yeah which sucks to be I, honest but we'll see maybe he'll be great i don't know but um, I guess we'll we'll let the guests go first here. Um, Philadelphia Phillies, National League champions, um, somehow the only NL East team that couldn't beat the Astros in the World Series, uh, really let the division down there. Uh, but how are you feeling coming back into this year? Obviously a huge loss off the top with Reese Hoskins, correct? Sure, yeah. yeah. But Derek, he, he mentioned it before. Derek Hall is a pretty legit dude. I mean, he probably not at the yeah, level I- of Reese Hoskins, but yeah. I, I, I do think Derek Hall, he, he's definitely got some pop. And the mm. thing that, um, honestly, more so than the home runs that I, I've uh, liked seeing from him this spring. And, of course, spring, you got to take it for what it's worth. And it's worth really nothing. But, um, you know, he's taking walks, which is something he didn't do um, during his call-up. So, um, regarding the, uh, you know, them being the National League champions and everything. I mean, that was that was a great ride. It was a lot of fun for the city. Um, I live in Stafford, Virginia now, so I, I didn't really get to experience it close up. But uh, I did go to one of the World Series games, which was a blast. I hate to admit it, but Astros fans are awesome. Like, they're just great people. And, um, uh, you know, treat you really well, unlike Philly fans. You know, if you're a visiting <laughs> player especially in a playoff game and you go to and you go to citizens bank park you're you're fucked man you're you are not gonna have a good time and uh i certainly had a great time uh going to the um uh world series did you go to houston Houston? okay yeah yeah, we we did two two years ago we went to a game it was uh yeah it's a pretty affable group of folks super nice yeah they weren't really no no batteries being thrown around and shit like that no no Um, which is you know throw batteries at jd drew The, the one thing that killed me even more so than the Phillies like losing the World Series was the fact that I had a 1776 1776 uh, dollar bet on the Phillies to win the World Series at 40 to one. Oh, and uh, I did not cash it, obviously. And I had the opportunity to cash it out for like, uh, I can't remember, it was like 34 grand or something. But I did the math and the actual value was like 38. And I was like, nah, These screw guys are you ripping guys. me I'm off. Yeah, I'm not taking it. I would have cashed out probably, well, but yeah, I probably would have taken that easy money to be honest. But yeah, it's uh I mean, you guys have there's there's a couple of issues. Um Ranger Square is a little banged up. Obviously, um Bryce is out until mid-season at least, right? What do you get? Tommy John or some shit? 
Yeah, I think so. It's um, with his arm. Yeah, so he'll probably come back so, at DH, but uh, you would think, right? I would only really want him at DH. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, your your other option is Castellanos and and right field, which is not great. Although he made some great plays in the playoffs. He did. To be honest. He I mean, made a play that saved, what was that, probably game one, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, who knows what the Braves are going to do, but like that... That was the la- That was a backbreaker that stopped what could have been a rally in the ninth, I think, yeah. and it just it stuck. Like hats off to Castellanos for yeah. making that play. But there's some bright bright spots too. I mean, uh, bringing Taiwan Walker, he's a good solid middle of the rotation guy. Uh, that that is an improvement to the team. And uh, if Kembrell makes a, a return to his previous form, which that's you know. When you look at closers, you're like, oh, that guy's done. He's had a couple of bad years. That's not really how closers work. They have good three- or four-year period, and then they fucking suck for two years, and they come back and have another dominant three- or four-year period. Yeah. So Well, they did it with Lidge and Papelbon, right? Oh, yeah. So why not? Same thing with Hoffman. I mean, it's – well, you mean the, the Phillies. The Phillies, yeah, yeah, yeah specifically, yeah. yeah. Uh, they've made some good moves. they got a good front office over there. They've definitely gone all in on offense, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's the, this is not a very good defensive team, although Trey Turner should up the middle help that out quite a bit. What do you think about that? About the defense in yeah, particular? Trey Turner. Well, I, I agree completely. Trey Turner is a complete upgrade for them defensively, although Gene Segura was no slouch, mm. but they were always bouncing him between shortstop and second base. Um, and he's somebody who, you know, as a fan, I'll miss, but it, it's certainly an upgrade. Trey Turner, um, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I like him for MVP potentially this year. And uh, one of the reasons for that is I, I see him getting potentially his, uh, you know, citizen, have you guys ever been to Citizen Bank ball, uh, Ballpark? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a bandbox. Mm-hmm. You know, he has the potential to hit 30 home runs. He's got some pop. I know he's not the biggest dude, and he certainly has the speed. He's one of the fastest guys in Major League Baseball, and that's by the numbers. And um, with the new rules in terms of the um, uh, pitch clock, there will be more stolen bases this year. And I, I see him as like a 30 homer, 50 stolen base guy. And of course that's going to garner some MVP votes. And um, the numbers back up what I'm saying. A lot of people think that, you know, the um, extra large bases are going to help out the stolen base numbers. That's immaterial. It's the fact that you can better time a pitcher. And that's what the whole idea of the pitch clock was. I don't think it had anything to do with, um, and I've, you know, I've got a history of calling out Major League Baseball's bullshit. I don't think it has anything to do with making the games go 20 to 25 minutes faster. It's so that players can time pitchers better and steal bases because stolen bases are exciting for the game. So, and so that's what I see for uh, for Turner this year. So I, I think there's a, a lot of uh, credence to that because if you look back at maybe this is just me kind of like my dumb theory, but if you look back at the beginning of major league, the major leagues, essentially the beginning of the national league before even the merger, but certainly in the first years of the merger between the AL and NL baseball was a fast game. 50 to 80 stolen base seasons were not rare yeah. at all. I mean, uh, Vince Coleman was doing it pretty much every year. Ricky was doing it pretty much every year, I but mean, I'm talking like Ty Cobb era and a little oh, yeah, bit yeah. before yeah, that sure, when the yeah. nation fell in love with baseball, <laughs> right? When it became America's pastime, 1871. <laughs> it was a game. It was a game of speed. Like <laughs> in the turn of the 20th century, it was a game. It was a running game. It was hit the ball, run, move, and, and and then Babe Ruth totally revolutionized it with the home run, right? Yeah. Or just being a big fat guy who could crush the fucking ball. But I, 
the most excited I've ever been as a baseball fan, and I love analytics, and I watch, or I read fan graphs and all this shit. I love to deep dive on stats. The most exciting baseball team I have watched, aside from just loving the Braves and them making runs, is the, the those two Royals teams in 14 and 15 that were all contact and speed. Obviously, they had an elite bullpen, and that was a huge part of uh, winning the the World Series in 15 and getting there in 14. But really, like it was an exciting team. They were always running, always making contact, pressure on the defense. And I think baseball kind of understands that the more moving parts you have on the field, the more exciting it is. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about the success of Bobby Cox, but the three-run homer strategy is um, – it's almost like watching the Patriots play football. You know what I mean? Right. Like it works – 75% of the time it works, which is good because you can win like that, but it is not the most exciting thing, frankly, is to hope for a couple of base runners and wait for a three-run homer all the time. Or, or with Cox, to a fucking, like, sack fly. The amount of runs yeah. they scored oh, on yeah. sack flies yeah. just... <laughs> yeah, but it's... I, I like reintroducing speed to the game. The only issue I have with Trey Turner maybe winning MVP is that Ronald Acuna will probably be 40-40 this year, you would think, right? Because he's... He, he's, he looks like he's going to steal. He's been stealing bases in spring training, which I don't think he should be, right? But uh, so you, you did I, yeah, some. I would, I would not recommend it. Yeah, you did some analysis. <laughs> Isn't it like 80% of stolen base attempts are successful right now through spring? Yeah, I, I think uh, last I checked, we're at about 81%. And um, when you look at the numbers historically, Major League Baseball as a whole is stealing bases as efficiently as Ricky Henderson did throughout his career 1406 stolen bases it's absolutely ridiculous the thing with acuna is and i think this is something that major league baseball wants just like they wanted the aaron judge mm. you know go uh, vying for the home run record um and then they turned it into some bullshit about the american league home run record when he wasn't going to hit that many home runs and um we're feeding him juice balls the entire time uh, but I digress. I, I do think Major League Baseball wants a 50-50 guy, and I think um, I think if anybody's going to be that, it's going to be Acuna or possibly Tatis. But um, I think Acuna right now is in in sort of better favor with the game due to the fact that he did not have the, uh, <laughs> right. the suspension that Tatis yeah. did. I mean, maybe... <sighs> I. I would think Mike Trout might be in that conversation as well, but he hasn't been stealing bases he the last like two bases last year. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't run anymore. Do you think he will again? I mean, because this, I mean, like no. this is speed is a little bit out of the equation now. I mean, obviously it's still important, but like timing is more important is is huge in I mean, stealing bases. Yeah, I, I think that and Mike, he's not slow. He's definitely not slow, but I think Mike Trout should take a. Russell Westbrook approach. I mean, if the Angels are not going to be competitive and spend money to be competitive, and let's be frank, Otani will not be on the Angels by the end of the season, I wouldn't think, because there, there's no way they're going to re-sign him. He would be crazy as a person to re-sign there because fuck that, right? He can yeah. make money anywhere. He just signed, or uh, the staff came out on his out-of-contract deals today, and he's going to be the highest-paid single-season baseball player of all time. Even with his basically what is what is effectively a rookie contract, oh, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like the Japanese, I say this about uh, Naomi Osaka or Osaka all the time. Mm. Like she she makes so like the Japanese have like five international athletes. Forty five million people watch that WC final. Yeah, WBC for just from Japan. Forty five yep. million people just from Japan yep. watch that shit. The Japanese pay their fucking. There's a reason that Roger Federer wears Uniqlo. Yeah, and I don't know how much you want Trout running in front of Otani. You know what I mean? 
So I think that that was the point I was getting at. Mm. So maybe maybe that doesn't happen. But if they're not going to fucking win, just go out there and pile up as many stats as you can, dude. Yeah. I mean, uh, Anthony Rendon is hitting yeah. 500 in spring training right now. We'll see if he stays healthy for a season for the first time in 30 years. But right. uh, I don't know. I just don't see this team going anywhere. I don't, I don't know. So I agree with the with the Angels because they can never seem to get anything right, and they're spending money. They always spend money on mm. all the wrong people, and I I don't want to throw. Uh, CJ Wilson under the bus because I love the dude, but like they gave him that massive contract, and I think that like started uh, like a, a downhill movement where they signed CJ Wilson, they signed Josh ha- uh, Hamilton. Um, honestly, I don't think they should have offered Trout the contract that they did. Um, not that I don't think Trout is like you know the second coming mm-hmm. or anything, but he is humongous which is why he's not running i mean i I don't know if you've seen a photo of the guy but he literally looks like a thumb yeah like he's so big he's all mass and uh Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 wearing on him he's uh i mean he's a linebacker last year he hit i think 40 or 44 home runs i can't recall it's one or the other uh but he only played just north of 100 games um if if you could get that over a full 162 or call it 150 um of course they're going to win some more ball games but i I just don't think at this point in his career that that they're going to get that and um i i am inclined to agree with the uh russell what what russ would you say russell uh wilson point um well trout westbrook just putting up triple doubles every yeah yeah. just go out there and get your get your shit dude because the angels aren't going to win they're pitching they they uh tyler anderson and Choi are good but after that, it is a rapid decline, and their bullpen sucks. Especially now, they just traded Glacius last yeah. year. Like what? I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I would love Trout to see. Uh, I would love to see Trout um, leave center field. Although I don't think he wants to do that. Obviously, he was playing center for the United States. I mean, then, he's got a hose. He should be playing right field. Yeah. To be honest, I, I don't know why the center field thing. Put a young guy out there that can cover all that ground. I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago, even with a lower level player like uh, Adam Duvall. You put him in center field, and it's stressful. He's doing a lot of work out there, and his batting average suffered. He was hitting like 198. Right. And then you put him in uh, left field, all of a sudden his batting average goes up to 260. You know what I mean? That's a big difference. 100%. I, I, yeah, just, uh, I, will, I will tell you guys, though, uh, regarding the Angels, they got a pitcher who I think is a breakout candidate, um, Reed Detmers. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure he's healthy last I checked. And um, – he was one of my favorite guys to uh, to bet on last year because you know being on the Angels, he would always be plus. The guy throws like a hundred, and um, he hasn't really figured out his secondary stuff, so he doesn't have any strikeout stuff. Um, sort of similar to uh, what McCullers was early on okay. when you know he just had the big fastball, and then you know all of a sudden he had that breakout curve, and uh, now he's throwing a slider with that and a two seamer. Um, I, I, I like uh, Detmers a lot this year. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely got a cannon for an arm. There's no question about that. He's only, what, 22, 23 years old or something like that. Uh, hopefully he'll yeah, figure it out. Uh, but either way, the Angels suck. Fuck the Angels. Right. Um, let's go through <laughs> the Phillies and uh, first, and we'll go to the Braves later. So Aaron Nola didn't get re-signed before the season started, unfortunately. I think they're looking to re-sign him, but you know how that goes, right? Yeah. Um, but – you know that Nola Wheeler is as good as any one-two punch in baseball. Oh, absolutely! And they rode that to mm. the World Series last and, year. And to be honest, Taiwan Walker, good middle of the rotation guy. Ranger Suarez in the four that he might be the best four 
fourth in the rotation guy in Major Easily. League Baseball. I would say so. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then but, see, I, I don't, don't really know, know what about the status the back of end. his health is going to be. Yeah, he's out right they, now. I'm not sure what's wrong with him. Is it his? Uh, is it his arm? Is he getting cortisone or what is it? I don't. I don't even know. And uh, I, when guys are getting cortisone, it concerns me because it, it generally means that like an injury is on the horizon, and we're just going to put it off. Right. Yeah, that's <clears throat> Kyle Wright is uh, from the Braves is in the same kind of boat right now. He's mm-hmm. they put him on the 15 day to DL to open up. Um, your guys' bullpen's decent. We'll see about that. I think that might be the weak spot for the Phillies, to be honest. Do you have an assessment on their bullpen right now? Yeah, I think it certainly improved because it was it was not the best, especially in the first half last year. Um, they they definitely improved um, in the second half. Uh, David Robertson did much better in his second tour with the Phillies. Um, you know, he's gone now. I can't even remember who he signed with. But um, the uh, the bullpen this year, you know, the addition of Kimbrel, um, you you made a point earlier about how bullpen guys, you know, they tend to uh, have you know three, four good years, and then all of a sudden they have a bad year, and then all of a sudden they're back. Well, you know, it can be a, a string of a couple outings for a bullpen guy because he's only thrown sixty to eighty innings over the course of a season, and a string of a, a bad couple outings is going to uh, inflate those numbers. And um, I, I think that that's likely the case with Kimbrell. I think he will be uh, returning to form this year. So uh, their bullpen, I, I think, is a little bit stronger than um, people give it credit for. But I am still concerned about the uh, the defensive side of the game. I would say, what do you think the uh, – I know Turner's obviously a great addition, but one thing I was thinking about with the Phillies in particular is – uh, and I, and watching them last year, especially in the second half, they did a good job of fielding the balls hit to them. But the problem was never really the balls hit to them, <clears throat> right? It was more of a range situation. So right. without the shift, what do you see? Like, is the defense – how much do you think the Phillies defense will suffer without the shift, I guess you could say? So before I address that, the thing about the shift being quote-unquote banned – I, I think what you're going to see very quickly is teams circumventing this rule by using dynamic defensive players, and this is going to increase the value of uh, of a like a defensive specialist, if you will, like an Andrelton Simiton, uh, Simmons, um, where you know somebody is moving as soon as the pitch is about to be thrown, right? And um, we'll also see. I would say it's very likely we'll see. A situation where somebody's using a team's using two outfielders and essentially like a do you guys ever play softball oh, yeah. yeah short fielder yeah yeah midfielder you know they'll have an outfielder who's right up on the grass and i'm almost certain we will see that um but as far as this shift and uh the phillies goes i think um it it's kind of a you know kind of a shame that um uh reese went down because he's basically a dead pole hitter and i'm sure he would have benefited from that and he's got a contract year coming up and surely he wants to get paid uh, but their defense um i, I think it's going to be more of the um you know uh, new song same dance type thing mm-hmm. as far as uh, what we saw last year i mean trey turner really helps up the middle and uh i mean to be honest Schwarber and left is okay, I guess. He's a left fielder. You don't expect too much out of left fielders, and your everyday right fielder is gone. You know, or it's going to be Castellanos, who's not great either. Um, but 
I think the biggest defensive liability you guys have is Alec Boehm. He, I think his fielding percentage was like 965 last year or something like that. As a third baseman, you cannot have that. That's, that's like in, in the modern game. As a matter of fact, the, most of the best defensive players in the history of baseball have been third basemen. You know what I mean? That's like a premier spot to play. Third base and short, I think, are the most important spots. Um, I, don't, I haven't watched any of their spring games. Does he look better this year than he was last year? Because last year he looked a little lost out there. So he was definitely lost in the first half, but second half he did improve a good bit. I don't know if you guys saw the um, the clip where he was like, yeah. I fucking hate this place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and surely he d- does not fucking hate Philadelphia, right? Yeah. But he was just frustrated and getting frustrated with himself. And uh, I mean, any anybody who played any sport, you know, when you make mistakes, they tend to compile, right? It's like, you know, bad luck happens. It, it tends to come in bunches. And um I think that was the situation with him. Now, I will say, um, given his size and athleticism, uh, I, I don't think he's performing to his, um, you know, potential. Um, and I would, given his size, with Reese going down, I would like to see him at first base. However, then you run into the issue. Well, you got Boehm at first. Where does Derek Hall go? Potentially DH, but then you, you know, Bryce is going to come back. Uh, you need Castellanos to DH sometimes, so it, it's kind of um, I don't know. It's it, it's a, a situation where it, it's like too much of a good thing, but not you know that's not necessarily a, a lot of right. It's a lot of big bats, but maybe the defense isn't there in any of them. Who would be the the? I'm looking at the depth chart right now. Like who would be the sort of like uh, defensive specialist you talked about on the Phillies roster? Like who are they moving around? Yeah, like I, Sosa, Sosa, yeah, absolutely. Sosa's pretty good. He's unreal. He's he's um, only in the big that, leagues because God, of his glove. If that ball was just like twelve feet to the left, it would have been gone. <laughs> oh, it kills me. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got a little pop, but he's 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 in the big leagues because of his glove for sure, and he can be an asset throughout. I mean, don't be surprised to see him coming in late in games, pretty much regularly. Or I mean, it's a it's a lineup. <clears throat> he could play the whole game. It's a lineup that can absorb a shitty bat that's mm. elite at defense because the lineup is fucking bananas. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, this is. It's going to be interesting to see um, Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Cassianos out there on a regular basis, and then Real Muto. Who? Let's let's pause for a second <laughs> and talk about the dumbest ejection I've ever seen in my life. We've seen some dumb ones. I like uh, I follow a lot of the Twitter accounts, like uh, uh, Welcome to the Ump Show. Yeah, uh, uh, Bad Umpire Takes. I think is one of them. Uh, I hate referees. I think is one of them because I hate officials. They suck because the modern ones because they are, it's just like. They're but they're like children. You're getting yelled at because you suck at your job, and you're you're just gonna throw the guy that we came to watch play out of the game. Fuck you, right. dude. Um, but Real Muto got thrown out for the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, what was your? So you guys can look it up. The listeners can look it up on uh, YouTube and shit like that. But essentially, Real Muto. It looks like he's like fucking with the umpire and like, hey, give me it, and then moves it. Like it's looked like like a hey, right. too slow like type of thing. However. He wasn't looking at the umpire, yeah, so he exactly. would have to be basically fucking psychic yeah. to have done that. So what do you, if, what do you know well, about if you, this? If you watch the entire uh, series, what, what happened was it was Kimbrell on the mound, and he didn't like the ball, so he threw the ball off, and the umpire threw him a ball. Turned around, walked back to the mound. Real Muto's sitting there on a knee, and uh, yeah. Kimbrell turns around again. He goes, hey, I don't like this ball either, and he throws it away, and Real Muto sees him looking at the umpire for the ball so he just sits there and then the umpire doesn't throw it 
and he puts his glove up like this, and he, he thought he was going to throw the ball to Kimbrell, so he put his glove down. Umpire throws it into the ground and then thinks that real why, – why would real – what would be the fucking point of that? No one measures their dick in spring they ha- training. They haven't even been arguing about anything. They're right. just sitting there, and all of a sudden, this umpire's like, good out in a spring training game with the closer on the mound. Right. I'd like – got to hear yeah. this from a Phillies fan. This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. So I can laugh about it now because it's spring training, but if this happened in a regular season oh game, believe me, I would be irate, and so would all of Philadelphia. <laughs> um, I, I think you really nailed it with uh, the description because I think the reason JT pulled his glove back away was he was under the impression that the umpire was going to throw the ball to Kimbrell. And um, obviously that didn't happen, and it's just a coincidence that – he happened to move his glove at the same time the umpire dropped the ball. And, um, I mean, like I said, it, it's it's funny now, but if that happened in the regular season, I would lose my fucking mind. Oh, my God. Oh, this And this season is going to be pretty stressful, I feel like, because it's really the same as last season in the NL East. Like, I'm not... You can't really, I mean, everyone's going to lose games, but you can't afford to lose games on dumb shit like that in this division. Yeah, I mean, it's what you're probably going to see is a couple of teams in the high 90s and wins, and then maybe a team in the, lo, in the low 90s or early or high 80s. And every single game counts. Every single game is, fucking matters, dude. This every is, blown say. I remember we were losing our fucking minds last year when. Um, Kenley Jansen? No, well, yeah, always fucking with Kenley Jansen. But remember, it was right before that Bra- the Braves ripped off their, their huge June, and Ozuna had that horrific play in left field in oh, Arizona, yeah. and yeah. we were just like, dude, like, we're not going to do anything this year if these fucking assholes keep, like, Ozuna in particular is in left field. But, I mean, I'm going to feel the same way this year, where anytime there's a dumb play or series that loses us a game, I'm going to be like, fuck, dude, like, that could have been the game. <clears throat> yeah, and then, you know, I... W- before we uh, wrap up on the fills, I want to ask your opinion on how the pitch clock is going so far and then the penalties and how you think that might change as the season goes on. Because I'm not sure if they're going to do any midseason changes, but I would, re- I would like to see the pitch clock go away in the later innings or something like they did with the extra or the challenge rule and the extra man on first and, the, and stuff like that where it only applies to a certain part of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I want to see a big matchup between you know, one of our premier closers in baseball. And like that moment between Otani and fucking Trout the other day, I want to see that play out in the way it's supposed to play out, not with dudes being rushed through the process. Right, you know and a guy stealing yeah. all the way to third because Otani yeah. can't pick him up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what's your, what yeah, are your thoughts? I, 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 I'm not a, not a fan of the pitch clock. I, I like baseball traditionally. I was, I'm honestly not even a fan of uh, interleague play or the designated <laughs> hitter. Uh, the designated hitter thing is a bit ironic because I championed for Edgar Martinez to make the whole, uh, Hall of Fame, and he did. And when he did, he actually invited me to his induction, which was awesome. But you know, Major League Baseball decided, hey, this is going to be part of the game, and I, I can't change that. So, um, uh, regarding the pitch clock, though, um, I, I think that it's going to be consistent throughout the season. I am also inclined to believe that they probably will not use it during the postseason. Um, and if for nothing else, it's, you know, advertising money. Um, you know, the length of games matters when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I'm actually a little bit surprised is uh, who, who has the uh, Braves? Bailey's, right? Mm-hmm. Bailey Bally's or whatever. There. Yeah, and then the Phillies are... Um, 
Comcast. And um, I'm surprised none of these guys, none of these huge organizations didn't come after Major League Baseball or maybe they received a payoff or something because you're talking about an, an additional 20 to 30 minutes that they're not going to be able to show ads, yeah. which is how they're making their money back for what they're paying for. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of blows my and mind. That's about eight minutes of, of commercial programming, basically, not including the overlays that are in-game and stuff I like that. I would think it would only affect the overlays, really, right? Because you're still going to have the same number of breaks. Uh, no, no. Well, I mean, you'll have the same number of breaks, but they'll be shorter because there's a clock on the breakdown. Oh, the, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, instead yeah. of having, usually you have, um, in, in Major League Baseball, I think it's three and a half minute breaks between every inning, something like that. Mm-hmm. And now it's what it's down to two and a half, okay. I think. Isn't it like 217 between innings or some shit? I don't remember what the number is, but it's definitely less uh, than yeah, it used to be. It's the number, the, the time on the clock when you're changing innings is is less time than the average commercial break. I don't know that the major leagues um, understand advertising because <laughs> when I watch the Braves on MLV, MLB TV, I only get the same Scott's Turf ad yeah. for like five years <laughs> in a row. Well, they're really into grass. Yeah, like it's really... It is one ad ever, between every break, the same ad between every fucking break repeated all season long. <laughs> like they don't sell advertising there. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> The one I always get is the uh, the Roman ads, the boner pills. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, when I was uh, hosting uh, a show with uh, my buddy Holden Kushner, who's um, he's in his 40s, we um, one of our ads was a Roman thing. And he was like, dude, I'm not doing this. You do it. And I'm like, dude, who do you think has is more likely to have ED? <laughs> <laughs> the dude in his 40s or the, the guy who's 30 years old? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we used to have them. We have Blue Chew now. Yeah. Be- Blue Chew is better because they pay us. Oh, send, send some my way. Yeah, well, we, we use <laughs> it recreationally around here. Um, before uh, <laughs> before we let you go here, um, you've been kind of – you mentioned Edgar Martinez. You've been kind of instrumental in, get, in, in assisting with, the I guess, the PR campaign to get a couple of people in the Hall of Fame, the latest of which was Scott Rowland, right? Um, now – yeah, we're going to need you to turn your attention to Andrew Jones because it's a goddamn travesty oh, oh, that he's not. He's the that, that is the most egregious example of somebody not being in the Hall of Fame that I'm aware of. So I'll tell you what, I'll tag you on a couple things. I am um, very friendly with Andrew Jones. Hell, I could I could I could text him right now and get him on your show if you guys want. Yeah, we'd I'm love that. <clears throat> yes, please. Um, yeah, so I'm not. Uh, I'm not kidding. I, I will as soon yeah, as yeah. I uh, jump off the uh, phone with you guys. I'll, I'll send. I'll send him a text. But um, Andrew, uh, absolutely a Hall of Famer. You're talking about 434 career home runs, 10 Gold Gloves. Like that is Hall of Fame by itself. But he was just a complete player all around. When you look at his career, the only comparison is Willie Mays. When you look at it top to bottom, as a you know, defensive specialist who also hits bombs and gets on base. Now he didn't get on base at quite the clip that uh, Willie Mays did, but um, he still did a good job getting on base. He had years there where he was very quick, um, stole some bags, but um, 434 home runs, 10 gold gloves. It's just unheard of. And the fact that he's not in the hall of fame is really, in my opinion, a, um, an indication of uh, BBWAA's failure. And I've been a critic of BBWAA for a long time. First of all, because I applied there uh, for <laughs> membership and I did not get denied formally, but I got bounced around. And 
eventually somebody told me, hey, look, you can't be a BBWAA member, even though I was writing for the Sporting News, the Buffalo News, and NBC Sports. You can't be a BBWAA member because baseball is not the main source of your income, which is absurd to me you mean to tell me that not one of those bbwa members has uh you know received a large inheritance or something that's their main source of income it just blows my mind and um it, they've just failed time and time again and i hate to say it because i know so many members who are great dudes jason stark jeff passant awesome guys but um the fact is when it comes to the hall of fame it only takes one out of four guys to be an asshole and fuck it up for everybody else. And um, that's that's been the case time and time again. In the case of, um, I say, Andrew Jones' only comparison is Willie Mays. Of course, Willie Mays is one of the greatest of all time. And in reality, it's no crime to be Willie Mays. This is the same thing that kept um, Tim Raines out of the Hall of Fame. His comparison was Ricky Henderson. Mm. Of course, Ricky Henderson was a, was a better ball player, but... You know, it's it's no crime to not be the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. Yeah. It's no crime to not be the greatest center fielder of all time. It's pretty good to be a top five guy, though. Yeah. Right. And Andrew Jones uh, certainly was. I mean, Rock is one of, what, eight people that have 200 home runs and 400 steals or something like that. I think it's him, Bonds, a couple other people, A-Rod, a uh, uh, Johnny Damon's one of them. Our buddy Johnny Damon's one of them. There's not a lot. And... When you look at, uh, I to me, Andrew Jones is is by a pretty wide margin the best defensive center fielder of all time. Now Willie Mays made a lot of slick plays, and by all accounts, I wasn't around obviously for right. that. But by all accounts, was an excellent defender out there, very athletic, great arm, had an instinct for making great plays too, which is I think is as part of it. It's in that intangible category. But if you look at the numbers, defensive run saved, Andrew Jones is the first outfielder that shows up on that list and the all time leaders, and no other outfielder is even fucking close him it's all shortstop yeah, and catchers. He's got like, i think he's got like 246 and Mays is like at 180 yeah, or something it's like 60 it's apart yeah ridiculous. it's it's not even close i mean people think of if you ask depending on what generation it is some people will say dumb shit like jim edmonds it's like he was a slow and he, he was really good at being slow right. in center field right which is good i mean May, he was, he he was no range no that's, range whatsoever. That, that's what i that's what I, I was gonna ask you what i think there's two things holding andrew jones back one is people always associate associate with him with the time Bobby Cox pulled him, yeah, because he didn't hustle, even though that was pretty early in his career, and he obviously uh, put effort in after that. Mm. Uh, and two, he doesn't really have a highlight reel. He's like, if so efficiently boring for the most part, like you never, you really didn't see him on Sports Center that much because everything he caught was easy yeah and he was playing like six feet behind second base back yeah too. i've never seen anybody play a shallower center field and honestly i mean if you ask any of the hall of fame pitchers from the 90s on the braves glavin maddox smoltz whether andrew jones belongs in the hall of fame you're going to get one answer fuck yes yeah they've their numbers every single one of them absolutely they, they can attribute quite a bit of their career success to andrew yeah. jones certainly the second half because they <laughs> yeah. aged really well and the two reasons for that two of the big reasons for that was one they never got injured and two they had motherfucking andrew jones in center yeah. field certainly doesn't hurt um is there well, anybody else on your radar baseball wise hall of fame wise that that isn't end that you think should be i think uh, a lot of people have you know their short list and stuff but who, who do you got so uh, I'm I'm a huge advocate uh, for the um, the quote unquote PED guys. I I think 
Um, Mark McGuire doesn't deserve a plaque in Cooperstown. He deserves a fucking statue. The man <laughs> saved this sport. Yep. And people, whenever I say that, they're always like, oh, it was Sammy Sosa as well. Sosa uh, in that 98 chase was great, but you got to keep in mind, Sammy Sosa was not a part of that until June of 1998. Mark McGuire was chasing that record in 96. Mm. And uh, <laughs> when he was going head-to-head with um, – Ken Griffey Jr. Um, so I would put in McGuire, Bond, Sosa, you know, Sheffield, all those guys. Um, uh, obviously, they're not on the ballot anymore, but um, I, I would put those in. Um, and like, let's let's be real. There, there's guys in the Hall of Fame right now who use PEDs. There's uh, I don't know if you ever heard the quote from Tom House. Um he was like, dude, we were taking greenies. Tom House is uh Tom Nolan Brady's Ryan's, Nolan Ryan's pitching, coach. pitching coach, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh he was like, dude, we were you know, we were taking greenies, steroids, tranks, yeah, stuff yeah. you wouldn't give to horses, whatever we get our hands on. <laughs> I mean Mickey Mantle improve. was getting and amphetamine this, injections into his leg for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude, what are we doing here? Ridiculous. Yeah, and so to keep these guys out of the Hall of Fame is ridiculous. And then the other one, um, that I really um, take qualms with is well going further back because there's several shoeless Joe Jackson, I think should be in Pete Rose should be in, but uh, Kurt Schilling recently. Um, I, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous to keep a guy out because you, you don't, think that he sends nice tweets <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's a new one i guess maybe um if i had to make that statement again andrew jones statistically might be the most egregious example but I, my understanding to or to my understanding Schilling is the only guy who the only reason he's not in the hall of fame is because he's a republican well he's kind of yes, a cunt too that, to be honest but like just the people yeah. don't like his politics and his attitude so he's not in the hall of fame well let me introduce you to ty cobb he was a <laughs> giant piece of shit he fucking pulled a gun on an umpire on the field are you fucking kidding me he, he beat up a handicapped guy in the stands yeah but that guy was asking for it he did he did honest. call ty cobb the n-word so ty yeah. cobb beat the shit out of him yeah fair enough yeah <laughs> but seriously like i, what I will we? tell you though uh, Chilling gets a bad rep because because he does you know occasionally tweet something stupid or something like that. I I know the man personally. He's a you know he's a pretty decent dude. Yeah, his son just graduated Paris Island, right? Yeah, he did. He did, Um, which is uh, pretty pretty cool. Uh, But um, yeah, he's 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 a pretty stand up you know guy in real life, and if you're friendly with them. it's not i mean it's 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 honestly like me so many people hate me on twitter uh because it's a performance you know it's not it's not who i am right it's not we go out for beers i'm not going to be the ace of spader on twitter i'm going to (laughs) be me you know it's it's not it's not exactly the same thing as uh me going out there and tweeting uh being arrogant about being the best uh at picking the major league baseball games because i'm betting on every single game uh throughout a season it's 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 a sort of a i don't know i don't want to call it a character but like a caricature of Mm. of oneself you know so i have one more hall of fame question for you and this guy's kind of received really really recent support i guess you could say that's been this has been kind of like the trendy one lately uh kenny lofton huge Huge advocate. Now, I wish there was something I could do when he um, when he was on the ballot 
it was kind of before I started getting into this Hall of Fame stuff. There's been, uh, let me think, four or five guys that I've advocated for. And it's not because of me. They get in because of themselves. But four or five guys that I've advocated for strongly, written pieces with, like Tim Raines, Larry Walker, Edgar Martinez, Scott Rowland. I've done one with uh, Andrew Jones as well. Um, and... Um, it, it it sort of helps gain a little bit of traction because I do have a decent following in the uh, in the baseball circles. But when it came to Kenny Lofton, he he was on the ballot kind of prior to me getting into all that, and um, uh, he he was voted off on the first ballot. It's it's a complete crime because one thing I think we do in baseball is we view it in um, sort of in hindsight or in retrospect, where we we look at the game. And we measure it by today's measurables. You know, people say Ozzie Smith, or excuse me, um, Lou Brock is the worst Hall of Famer. And I say, no, he's not, because he did exactly what was expected of a leadoff hitter back then. And he, by he the way, some pitches, Lou, Lou Brock, <clears throat> yeah, Lou Brock was like, I'm from St. Louis. Like Lou Brock was a, a like legendary mm. player to Cardinals fans. Like my mom it was obsessed with Lou Brock. Like it, it's it's. So I think he had the at least the fame to justify. You know what I mean? Like he was a famous star yeah. player. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I but mean, then people want to today. They take they take a look and they're like, "Well, his war is bad." Right. Lou Brock didn't know what the fuck war was. Right. And also, I don't. As much as we talk about defensive runs, saves, and stuff like that, I like wins of replacement. I like to look at it. It's a fun, neat, easy stat. But I don't really love defensive metrics very much and i think they yeah. underrate a lot of fucking dudes like what what the fuck was on point on point like what? I, like i so hold on let me get on my soapbox on this one because i think when it comes to the defensive metrics a lot of the uh, and i'm gonna trash bbwa again in media um a, a lot of the media personnel they like to be in the know first right in the 80s Look at all of the guys who won Cy Young and even MVP awards just because they got saves. Saves was the most important thing. And we're in the media and we're in the know. And you guys, you know, we're before you and you guys don't know what you're talking about. And it's kind of the same thing right now with defense. We don't know really what anybody's defensive runs saved are. These are estimates. These are best estimates possible given the data that we have at this time. Um, it, there's all kinds of things that aren't being tracked still that need to be tracked in order to get something closer to um, absolute. And uh, we're just not there yet. And, and, you know, I think a lot of the uh, media personnel pretends that we are because they want to be the ones who are there first. They're the ones uh, in the know. And then, you know, the rest of us are just stupid fans who don't know what we're doing. Yeah, that was uh, – so Eckersley won MVP in 92 and Cy Young, and he had a good season. He had 51 saves, which I think at the time was the record. Um, he had a .9 whip, pretty good. That's that's what you expect out of your closer. Um, but that yeah. in, in 1992, was he, the, was he the best player? Look at Look at 1984. No, he was not the best player. No, not in the, the American League. Like, come on, man. There's no, no way, right? No. In '92, let's let's see. I mean, McGuire was in the American League in '92 on the same team, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, goddamn. Yeah. And it, the other thing with the, I just there's so many times I see. I would say the only defensive metric I truly trust is maybe uh, uh, catcher framing, 
right? Because you can kind of, yes. that's extremely measurable. But, like, I mean, I remember just being a Braves fan, like, Freddie Freeman always had negative defensive uh, metrics, like, negative war for defense. And it's just like, I don't know, man. I see him pick so many balls out of the dirt that just I don't think the average first baseman gets. And it's just, and I'm sure everyone has someone on their team like that where it's like, you're telling me he's bad at defense, but that is just not coming even close to passing the yeah. eye test. Like maybe break even because I don't know what the range is like or something. But the amount of outs I watch this dude save that clearly are a difficult play and you're not rated. It just, they're all, I don't trust it. And again, windows of replacement is a fun stat. Like, it's easy to just look at and be like, wow, he's already at this. But it's not as accurate uh, about impact as PER in the NBA. And there's a a reason that the last 15 MVPs in in the NBA, 13 of them have been the PER leader. That's an accurate stat for me, right? When it's that close and there's only exceptions. For wins above replacement, I I, I do think – I like Bill James and shit, but I still think it's kind of a guess. Sir, I mean, if you – One thing with – uh, sorry, one thing with wins above replacement that I think a lot of fans don't realize when they cite this uh, stat is you have to keep in mind, you know what a zero war team would be, right? They're 48 and 114. Like, So one more just gets you to 49. Uh, I think a more viable stat is WAA, wins above average, mm. because then you're looking at 81 and 81 as the mark. And I'm surprised that that's not the stat that we use as like the, I don't know, the centerpiece because war really has been used as a centerpiece for, um, I I mean, even the ESPN has it on their website now. And um, I'm just kind of surprised that that's the standard that we set is replacement as 48 and 114 instead of that 81 and 81 mark. Yeah, I agree. That is a weird weird thing to go off it's, of. Uh, I don't know. I mean, ba- baseball, it's, I feel like of all the sports, we're kind of the dumbest at doing <laughs> stuff. We almost, like every 10 years, we almost fucking collapse the league by doing some stupid shit. Um, but what are you going to do? <laughs> Just uh, delete the twins for no reason almost. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, have uh, the Expos play in Puerto Rico in a fucking <laughs> third world field on some weird ass turf for half of a season. Right. Yeah. We, it's, None of that's happened recently, luckily. But um, well, look, thanks for coming today. Uh, we're done with the Phillies portion of this. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience aside from some kind of pro Philly propaganda? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, man. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having me, and I hope we can talk some baseball throughout the season uh, when things get underway. Um, I just, uh, I'm only going to be coming on if the. Phillies are ahead of the Braves, though, because um, I don't want you guys talking shit and uh, making me making me feel bad. Well, you know, luckily, the first dope. like fifty days of the season, we usually suck out loud, so uh, I'm sure we'll <laughs> do the same thing this year. Yeah, uh, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and shit. Just the ace of spader, man. I I just like talking baseball with good baseball people. I don't I don't care too much for plugs. I'm just the ace of spader on Twitter. Um, Oh, the le- one thing you guys all have to follow, and I'll, I'll hook you with both um, both of you guys with uh, subscriptions if you want. I don't know if you bet on baseball, but I do bet on every single game, all two thousand four hundred and thirty oh, of wow. them. And uh, I have, um, I, I do it on, uh, I I put put up my uh, my picks on um, Discord, and okay. I have like I don't know four thousand people following that. Nice. Uh, so that's been pretty. Um, that's been pretty fun and pretty yeah, we'll successful. Do that. I mean, not, not many people it, are good it, at gambling it, on baseball. 
it bought this car that I'm sitting in. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Well, thanks for coming, man. We'll see you soon. All right. Take it easy, guys. Thanks a lot. And now let's pivot to uh, a real baseball team, Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm, Atlanta Braves, mm -hmm. Um, which is, you know, this is probably – it'll be – the Braves or Phillies and then one of the NL West teams probably for for the uh uh the division or I'm sorry for the uh the league this year you would think I don't, I don't think the the Cardinals have a pretty solid squad I don't think they've got it though to make it that deep in the playoffs I don't think the pitching they, is too shallow yeah, on that team uh, both on both ends yeah in the rotation and, and the bullpen yeah. and now, it, now Milwaukee's a little bit better on the pitching side but their hitting is pathetic you know, yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, they could have a nice year, or they. But the thing is, their pitching's good enough that they could go on a run if they can get. They just got to get there, right? But the right. problem is, you're probably going to have three teams from either the East or the West in the playoffs, and that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for the Central. Well, and the thing is, there's a more balanced schedule this year, right? So yeah. that hurts the NL Central the most because yeah. they lose games against. Um, the Reds and Pirates and uh, fuck, who's the other shitty team in the NL? Oh, and the Cubs. And, you know, they pick up games against the Nats, but otherwise they're facing more, like, they're facing yeah. good teams the rest of the time. Yeah. So the NL Central is probably only putting one team in. They're gonna, they're, their win totals are going to be depressed from the balance schedule. Uh, yeah, they're probably, you're, you're looking at an 89 win team probably from the Central making it, something like that. I could see that. But again, Woodruff and uh, uh, Burns, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm not, I'm not. 100% sure that both of those guys are going to be on the roster. Burns especially is on. I don't know if he's actively on the block right now, but he's he's at the part of his contract where they might be trying to extract some value out of him. You know, I mean, but they they added pieces this year. They didn't lose him. Obviously, they were real fucking cheap with him in uh, arbitration or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, they added, obviously, William Contreras from the, mm-hmm. from the Braves. Uh, Devin Williams, brilliant piece in the back end of the bullpen. And they have a lineup that's interesting. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's they're they're still kind of Willie Adams is good, but they're still and they picked up Waker as well from Cincinnati. But they're 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 still kind of just. It seems like they're just waiting around for Yelich to come back. Yeah, and pretty much. I, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It's been a couple of years now. Yeah. So yeah, I think one team out of the Central, probably two teams out of the the. Uh, there's six teams make it, so two teams out of the West. Or and three teams out of the East, or vice yeah. versa. I mean, I could definitely see the Giants, Padres, Dodgers being in, or uh, uh, the Phillies, Mets, and Braves. Yeah. Like, but I can't. It, it's hard to imagine unless one of those six teams I just named collapse. Uh, seeing the Central get two teams in, anyways. And honestly, the both the Dodgers and Mets are a little bit. Um, what do you want to say? Uh, vulnerable. I they're should, like I, the they're like the Warriors uh, from those last couple of title runs especially the one that they lost where if a couple of pieces get hurt, they're fucked big yeah. time, especially now that Trey Turner's gone. Yeah. And I think Gavin's out for the season already, right? Gavin Lux is gone. And they're, even that the sucks, Dodgers man. rotation, look, the Dodgers always have a great farm system. They do, but they've lost Corey Seager and Trey Turner in the last two seasons. Yeah. That's yeah. not that, – like, you. There's. I don't care how good your farm system is. You're not replacing that. I mean more with the pitching. If they, oh, if yeah, they yeah, suffer yeah. pitching yeah. injuries, they probably got guys that can plug in, but – they're yeah. deep. They're deep pitching, and it looked Kershaw's looked really good this spring too, which means he's going to be. Uh, hopefully, he stays healthy all year. Then he will be completely irrelevant in the playoffs. Because <laughs> if he pitches over 150 innings, I'm he's, not worried about him at all. He's dead, yeah. Uh, but let's get to the Braves. As we mentioned before, uh, Kyle Wright 
<clears throat> is going to open up the season on the 15 day DL. He's got a little inflammation in his shoulder. They don't want to turn it. Or they don't want it to turn into anything long term. They gave him a cortisone shot early in spring. Uh, I think he pitched one more game a little bit after that. Uh, but again, I, from from the Braves' perspective, they are a slow starting team almost every year. Mm-hmm. There's no point in running out your 21 game winner immediately. They don't need to be urgent. There's no yeah. urgency. Yeah, I agree. Especially not with the depth. I mean, we're still – so Soroka and um, Ian Anderson and uh, – uh, what's the other guy's name? Dodd. No, no, no. Uh, Morton? Son of a bitch. Uh, Is he in the big leagues or no? Well, he was. <laughs> Stand by. Fuck's his name. Not uh, Muller. We traded Muller. No, not Muller. Um well, shit, there's still Wasker and Noah. He'll be back relatively soon, in a couple of months, I think. Um, no, the uh, uh, the other right-hander, the sinker ball guy, the one that's a good pitcher. Oh, 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 Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder, yeah. Yeah. So they have, all the, all, they have a major league staff at AAA right now already. Mm-hmm. Now, it would be back into the rotation guys, but it's still dudes that all have pretty uh, a wide breadth of experience and then the Braves have about nine pitchers yeah that they can swap in and out of the rotation obviously you don't want to swap out like Strider Freed um, Strider and Freed are the fixtures I'm not sure if Morton makes it through this whole season he's not really looked that good in spring and he's getting kind of old but you never he's he's got old man wisdom too so and um, there is literal tangible value in just eating fucking innings yeah yep Um, certainly that's the case and and you know Dodd and Schuster, it looks like they're going to be the fifth starter, fourth and fifth starter, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and probably get two starts each in the first couple of weeks of the season. I, I think that kind of worked out nicely um, to, to be able to evaluate those guys in games that matter. Uh, Iglesias is out right now. I don't know who's uh, or how long, but the Braves... It's not will, that long. The Braves bullpen's pretty deep. I'm not, I'm not terribly... As long as he makes it back towards uh, when the games start to matter, I'm not worried about that. Uh, you're not going to find a better pitching staff in baseball than this. Uh, one to fifteen or whatever. Yeah. No, you're not. Like that is especially I, now that the Mets don't have uh, Diaz. If the Mets had Diaz, that would be it. Would be close because the front of their rotation is so good. But with him out, their bullpen's in trouble. I'm a little worried about Scherzer's durability at this point. Uh, and Verlander's as well. Remember, he's coming off a major surgery a couple yeah. of years, like two years ago. I mean, things could go really fucking wrong for yeah. the Mets. I don't think things will go. I think the Phillies have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Mets, like uh, considerably oh, yeah. so. Like I, because things can go wrong for the Phillies, and it'll be relatively okay. Like the Mets have pieces they need to work, or it's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's um, they they have a good ceiling, but they've got. Of all the six teams from the East and West, I think they probably have the lowest floor because of just an injury or two, and that whole team yep. is fucked. What um, are you? Uh, how, what are you seeing with the Braves' outfield this year? That seems to be, I think, to me, the key uh, situation because uh, yeah, that's where the question marks are. Right, you've got Acuna, who didn't have a great year last year, obviously coming off an injury, and then whatever the fuck left field is. Well, you know. I don't know what his splits are as far as facing lefties, but Eddie Rosario has looked like the Eddie Rosario that hit 35 bombs for the Indians a couple of years ago so far this spring and in the World Baseball Classic. And it's not just about – he's hit a bunch of home runs. Um, he's uh, uh, he's seeing the ball better, obviously, uh, but it's so not so just, just about – He just went blind last year I for guess, some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Well, he had, a, he had a little pinhole in his cornea, yeah. which I've experienced that before. It sucks. Like it, it, 
you it you feel like you can see shit and then uh uh when it gets at, if things that are moving like lateral movement you can't see very well mm-hmm. um but he's looking pretty good and it's not just the home runs he's hitting he's making very good contact and he's not uh, it, you've you've watched him too i'm sure it's spring training you take it for what it's worth but um He's been he 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 was very defensive all of last season. You yeah. see him hit a lot of dribblers to the left side of the infield or right back to the pitcher because he's just trying to make contact. Does not he's swinging his ass off right yeah. now and he's making good contact. So left field is is that basically, um, and then whomever they decide to platoon. Um, I don't know what percentage of National League pitchers are left-handed, but it's usually like an eighty twenty split, something like that. So he's going to get the bulk of the at bats anyways. O- Ozuna is a liability in in left field. Like he should you, not. Be, he can't be out yeah, there. Uh, not in any game that matters. Like early in the season, if you want to get him out there just to eat up some time and whatever the fuck. But right, uh, Kevin Pilar is an excellent outfielder, mm-hmm. one of the best uh, in baseball. But he can't hit. I get, and I guess like <laughs> like good friends with Anthopolis or something because mm-hmm. they were both at Toronto at the same time. And he was a great fielder. He was actually a great player in Toronto, but yeah. the bat has fallen off yeah but as a he, he's going to be your late inning replacement and your off day guy is going to be sam hilliard probably mm-hmm. in, unless something else happens um i'm not terribly concerned about it to be honest i mean we, we still don't know what's going to happen with vaughn grissom and whether or not that's a uh service time play or if they're they evaluate him and they think well what we could probably do is bundle him and shoemaker and get a better guy yeah maybe who knows maybe get a left fielder and, and keep running rc out there for another year or two until we can sign somebody in free agency the, uh, who knows the rc move is interesting because and i didn't realize this until i was reading something the other day um not even a braves thing this was just a random thing i was reading i did not realize he was uh a top 10 prospect in major league baseball oh yeah he was yeah 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 i mean he's he's an incredible athlete he's not and he can hit. That's 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 great. I'm glad he can hit. Um, I mean, it's not like we're getting. It's not not like they're putting fucking Raphael Belliard in here right. or anything like that. Even but he he's he's not very good defensively. His career defensive percentage at shortstop is nine sixty five, mm-hmm. and that would put him in the bottom third of the league. And defense is more important this year than with than Dan, the last. with Dansby out. Uh, I mean, you're you're trading in. Arcia will probably put up. Slightly worse numbers than Dansby would offensively, I would guess, mm-hmm. but be competitive in that way. But uh, defensively, Dansby saved our ass a bunch last year, yep. and this is going to be a problem. I don't think they're going to be able to stick with Arcia through the whole season. It doesn't feel like it, and even with you know perfect scouting positioning, it's going to be <clears throat> that's going to be tough. Yeah. Are there any areas that you're? I mean, this this is this Braves team is. God, it's like as deep as I've ever seen an Atlanta team. I mean, for the second year in a row, we have two all-star catchers. Right. Right? So last year it was William Contreras, who was the starting DH for the National League, and then Travis Darno, who was the starting catcher for the National League. This year it's Burphy, who was an all-star for the uh, A's, and Darno again. That's not a bad problem, or it's not a bad thing, obviously. That's, that's two very good players right there. Um, and then Olsen with the shift coming off, and Albies also with the shift coming off. That's going to definitely improve their ability. I think it's even Acuna is going to get a lot of fucking hits this yeah. year on <clears throat> shitty balls. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not a very good strategic hitter, but he is really good at hitting the ball where it's pitched. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if you make mistakes out over the plate to him, he, he's going to fuck you up. Same thing with Riley, by the way. Riley hit into the shift on the right side of the infield quite a bit as well. Yep. Because he's, when he's right, uh, and maybe this is something he picked up, 
from uh, from Freeman or maybe Chipper, but uh, when he's right, he's hitting the ball hard to right center field, and so he hits into that alley as well. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, this is they're they're very deep. They're not. Uh, we've seen actually each of the last two seasons they've missed. They've had two big parts of their fucking lineup out, and they still were very competitive. Right. Once they won the fucking right. World Series without the best player in their team, so no real complaints there. I am kind of interested in what they might do trade wise as the season goes along, though. To be honest. So how one thing I'm curious about is Darno not very he great, pretty good framer not a very good defensive catcher otherwise um, is that why Murphy's here because they knew the pitch clock was coming <clears throat> they knew that stealing was going to be easier probably but as you as as uh, Ryan was talking about earlier the league wide average for caught stealing is like if Ricky Henderson was always on the base no matter who the pitcher or the catcher is right so I'm not sure it really matters at this point to be honest I'm not sure if you should framing yes but Throwing out base runners is kind of a thing of the past at this point, right? It I mean, seems like it. Yeah, it, it's. I don't, I don't know that that's going to be a, a huge concern. But the Braves have always been, they've always liked framers. That's kind of their thing. It is, and I think it's smart. I, actually, one thing you might see a lot more of this year is the pitch out. Yeah, maybe. But even then... Like I, I think you're going to see dudes stealing bases on the pitch out and, and making it. Probably. Because and, of the timing. And you wonder if a ball is worth it. Yeah. For real, really? Like, I mean, if you're gonna put yourself in a hole like that, just drill the hitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> I used to do that. If I, th- I did that to intimidate people. If anybody tried to steal on me, I would be, I would hit the guy every single time. Like, if I hear "gone" in my head, pff, hitting him. Unless it's like a serious situation. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? But there's a lot of guys out there. Like, I think uh, <clears throat> I don't know what's wrong with him physically. But if Korea has a good first half and the Twins suck, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Braves make a move on them. Um, it, even if it's like a, a shorter term, three year kind of situation or something like that, mm-hmm. um, because he's quite a bit better defensively than RC is. Oh, well, he's better in every way than certainly than yeah. RC is. Uh, so there's is there? I guess we're making the playoffs. I, it would take with the expanded playoffs and how good the Braves are. It would take something. I don't see a single win on that schedule. <laughs> <laughs> It would take something outrageous for the, for Atlanta to not make the playoffs. So, what do you see being, I suppose, our our potential? Obviously, the playoffs are pretty random, but a potential Achilles heel in the playoffs, and if there's any, I think the biggest question mark it probably is the bullpen, but only because that bullpens are like that. I mean, you've got. Uh, Kenley Jansen's gone. For better or worse, he still saved about 85% of the games he was in, even though it gave you a fucking heart attack every time. Right. Uh, Matzik is out for the whole season unless he's – I mean, he had, I think he had his Tommy John and uh, his TJ in October, so he's not going to be back this season. Um, Mentor looked great last year. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be able to carry it over? Because he's one of those kind of guys that goes ups and, up and down from yeah. year to year. Uh, Dylan Lee's been a great – innings eater been pretty consistent but he's thrown a lot of innings over the last couple of years kirby yates looks like he's back which is nice so um i i but but again they have these guys on their roster in the bullpen specifically like colin McHugh and uh who's the other guy uh with the fucking stupid goggles um uh, bitch can't remember his name yeah <clears throat> oh the latino dude yeah. fucking uh jesse chavez chavez yeah who are like they're just, I mean, that that's bullpen pitching, though. It's like some weirdo that right. for some reason can get people out most of the time. I mean, Colin McHugh looks 
like he belongs in a fucking beer league somewhere. It goes like 80 <laughs> miles per hour, but gets dudes out. Um, but I think that that's the point of least depth for them right now because of the loss of both uh, Jansen and uh, Matzik for this yep. season. I'm a little worried uh, in the playoffs because this happened last year. You know, granted, the Phillies have great pitching, but this has been a situation in many years for the Braves, um, and they kind of just – the year they won the World Series, they missed uh, Verlander and McCullers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you know the Dodgers had good pitching, but they kind of weren't themselves. Scherzer's arm was dead. Yeah. They, to me, don't have a great track record of beating – top line starters in the playoffs so i'm wondering if the bats <coughs> turn it around there a little bit this year that to me is we seem to shrink away often and i think i think we ended up getting a pretty fortunate path which you need in the playoffs a lot you need luck essentially in the playoffs i think in 2021 we got a pretty fortunate path we we miss verlander mccullers and the guys that are were still in the astros rotation those are, those are great starters but they were two years younger right and then we kind of got lucky against the, the the Brewers to an extent as well. I mean, Devin Williams. Their offense was so bad. So bad. Yeah. Devin Williams broke his fucking hand and mm-hmm. couldn't pitch that. Celebrating and couldn't pitch in the in the series. So Hayter has to come in an inning early. I mean, we were kind of scraping by against their best starters. So to me, I still somehow, even though we've won a World Series, don't think the Braves have proven themselves in the playoffs against top-line starters. Yeah, I would say... Um Honestly, as much talent as there is on this offense, if there was a situation like runners on second, third, down one with two outs late in the game, I think Darno is probably the guy I want up there because mm-hmm. he he takes the best at bats yep. of all the people on this roster. Which he, uh, that's why he's so successful because he's not nearly as physically talented as some of these other guys. One but is, he ta- he he takes great at bats, almost every at bat. He doesn't give a bats away either. No, and it sucks because in the last two years we bled two of our other best guys who've done it, which is Dansby and Freddie. Yeah. Um, now, Olsen is one of those guys, too, but a long, loopier swing. So if you remember, he had like 14 doubles and 25 walks in the first month of the season last right. year, something crazy like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Michael Harris develops. Apparently, he can do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Eddie Perez was throwing BP the other day. I think it was on... Um, Friday of last week, okay. and Harris just decided to turn around righty, and he hit four 400 foot home runs in a row, Jesus. and then flipped the bat and walked away. I'm like, all right, I like that. That's cool, cool, cool. cool. Uh, and then <clears throat> the broadcast team, I think it was Kelly, was talking. She was talking about how um, anybody that does anything in the lock in the clubhouse, he's better. He's like, oh, you want to play ping pong? When <laughs> you want to fucking do? It's like doing math, and I don't know what the fuck all he's up to, but I think he might be a thirty thirty the guy this year. Uh, he's, he's yeah, I think I think he's got the pop for it. To be honest, he does. Um, and honestly, so both Acuna and Harris, and to the point earlier with Ryan uh, Trey Turner, Trey Turner already hits three hundred. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know what Harris average wise is, but like usually, we'll see. I mean, he what he hit like two ninety eight last year, two ninety seven. But him and him and Acuna, they're gonna get more hits. Oh yeah, just because the shift's not there, because it's gonna if you take an extra fucking second split second to get to that ball you have to move just a, a half foot six inches further they're safe with those guys running like that yeah and all Albies as well by the way he's yeah. pretty quick so i my bold prediction for this season is i think between Albies, acuna and harris they're gonna hit 100 home runs 
and they're going to steal 100 bases as a, as a group of three. Okay. That's, that's my bold prediction for this year. Who would you say is your final four? Final four teams? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going to pick the Bra- I, I would say probably uh, Braves and um, probably, I don't know. I, I keep wanting to say the Padres, but I, they just haven't proven they can win big games. It's right. Um, I mean, that, that lineup is... <laughs> it's so good, but the fucking... Um, the Dodgers... You know, it, it may sound crazy to say this, but the best thing that could possibly happen to the Dodgers is if Clayton Kershaw misses two months in the middle of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they still have Gonsolin, who's... Who, Dustin May is back. Fine. Mm-hmm. Like, this will be the first full season Dustin May's back from injury. And, and he's then, electric. He that, that kid... But, and Gonsolin is too. Gonsolin throws 97, 98. Like, you're, you're fucking... That's the... The top four in a rotation, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, and obviously Urias is... Yeah, Urias is good every year. Um, you don't want to run into those guys. So, and then, you know... But we've actually done pretty well against their bullpen. Gratterall, who seemed unhittable for a while, we fucking... Somehow, yeah. him up pretty good. I don't I don't know how. I mean, it's just good at bats. Um, I think Daniel Hudson we had a lot of success against. But... <clears throat> and then they have Shelby Miller over there from the... Cardinals a couple of years ago too, and if he has a bounce back year, that's going to be a tough rotation. So probably the Braves, Dodgers, and the and the and the National League, the American League. To be honest, I don't fucking know. Astros probably. I don't think you bet against the Astros making the yeah. a- ALCS. They, I mean that that team is stacked from top to bottom. To be honest, I, I don't know how um, <clears throat> how Luis Garcia is going to do with the the change like he's got that funky delivery that he's had to change and i don't yeah. know if that's going to get in his head or anything uh but aside from that from valdez is i i think he's got the best odds to win the al cy young this year right now um christian javier lance mccullers is out again i don't know that he, he's he's not he hasn't been able to get it together but still that's a really fucking good team it, they have another guy in their rotation who's supposed to be like the new dude uh I don't think he's now. I'll have to look up his name again. But Valdez, Christian Javier, uh, Garcia, and Urquidy too. But they have a uh, someone who's coming in from a colors who's like a young uh, pitcher who is just totally fucking miss like leaving my brain right now. Regardless, I think it's the I I, I think the Astros are ALCS bound no yeah. matter what. And I would pick the other team. I would pick is probably the Rays just because yeah. I anytime there's it's like the um, uh, March Madness right now. This is the most parody we've seen in college basketball in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, pick the consistent team. Seems like a good approach to me. Yeah. Uh, and the Rays are good no matter what. I don't know anybody on their team. Also, we sponsor them. <laughs> so, hopefully, they go to the playoffs so we can get more yeah. more eyeballs on our product. I mean, the Rays are. This is even for the Rays, like a, a, as deep of a team as they've ever had. I feel like they're pretty good, man. I mean, they've they've uh, they they held on to a couple of people for the first time in a while without just trading off right. whenever they come out of the rookie contract. But they've got McClanahan and Glasnow at the front of that ro- uh, rotation. That's pretty good. And they, this team, this iteration of the Rays has done well in the playoffs. Yep. Um, I do like. I, I do think I agree with you on the Rays and the Astros. I'd probably go for the NL. It totally depends on, like I said, I think if, if the Braves can hit top-line starters and then just who they catch. Yeah. Uh, but I will, all things equal, I would say probably Atlanta and... Um, Man, I don't know why. I just feel like Milwaukee could have a year. If they hit. But. The St. Louis is so. I feel like St. Louis is so much more injury prone. 
or I'm sorry, so much more prone to being hurt by injuries. Yeah. Not saying that their guys are more likely to get hurt, but if St. Louis loses dudes in the rotation, I don't know what the fuck replaces. I those mean, their guys. rotation is already not very good, right? To be honest, so, uh, but they've got they 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 have the number one and two in the voting from MVP last year, I think. Our Goldschmidt and Arnano, uh, fucking yeah. incredible. And they added uh, Wilson Contreras. Yeah, Contreras is great. Or William. No, no Wilson. Wilson, yeah. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got Tyler O'Neill. They've got Lars. I love their lineup. I love yeah. their lineup. I love their defense. Defense is good. Offense is good. Pitching. So- Ryan Helsley is good, but the rest of that. Uh, and to uh, honestly, Jordan Hicks is the most talented pitcher that sucks I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. I wish somebody would just throw a cutter, dude. You can't just throw 103 miles per hour right down the middle every time. They're gonna hit, it's Major League Baseball. They're going to hit that shit. They'll touch it eventually, um, yeah. Somebody's got to fix that kid because he's still pretty young. I think, what is he, 26? Yeah, he's 26 years old. He, and he throws – I've never seen anybody since Nolan Ryan throw a ball like he does. Yeah. He, he's hit 105 on a pretty consistent basis over the last two years. Wasn't he the dude that was walking all the Braves home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fucking six walks in a row, and finally they're like, dude. Yeah, and then the Helsley walked a bunch of <laughs> Phillies. The Phillies beat – the Cardinals in that series because he fucking choked it away. I mean, like, walked, like, two or three dudes in a row with, like, the bases empty in the last inning. And one of the two games, I forget which one it was. I just remember I was at La Barbecue picking up barbecue and listening to it in my car. But, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like. I feel like the Brewers – look, somebody's got to win that division. And it's either the Brewers or the Cardinals. Mm. And I feel like the Brewers are better off – taking a, a bigger injury to their lineup, like losing Rowdy Telez or something, than the fucking uh, Cardinals are losing, like, Miles Mikolas. Yeah, I mean, they can't. There's not a lot of resilience on either of those teams, unfortunately. And look, maybe the Cubs make a move. I don't know. I mean, they they don't have a bad team, and they've got uh, a little bit of pedigree now with with uh, Dansby on the team. They they improved their rotation stroman's there now uh james Talion from the yankees is over there now kyle hendricks is there although he's out right now bullpen's not very good unless brad boxberger makes a comeback he, mm-hmm. he's had some good seasons but not lately but the, uh, it's it's like a who who the fuck are these people right you know what i mean trey mancini maybe he's got a good year in him maybe, maybe cody bellinger is gonna have a great season suzuki and Wright is great mm-hmm. like he's he's probably their other than Dan to be their best player. I do like the, the role of the dice <clears throat> on Bellinger. I wished the Braves had done it. Yeah, me too, honestly. But I don't, I mean, if you put him in left field, that's the best defensive team in, in history. Oh, God. Well, not team, but outfield for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, but it's <clears throat> hopefully the, the Windy City, the confines mm-hmm. will do. I, I like uh, Cody Bellinger, a good player. So we'll see. And that's, it's probably quite a bit easier to play center field in Chicago than it is in LA. To be honest, yeah. Even with forget about the wind, it's just not as much space out there. (sighs) Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That is all more or less I have got. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm done. All right. Uh, We are coming back to you every week with Tomahawk. This is kind of a weird week because we're going to Miami for Hard AF's opener um there because we're in uh both lone depot and uh tropicana field uh for the rays and marlins um we will probably uh not probably we will decide on a like concrete day to do this show uh but like i said weird week so yeah for uh, ryan spader and dan holloway i'm rob fox come on